But your overall impression of this effort? Good enough to win, not smart enough in the first quarter, uh, first half. I, I, you know, I don't think we played great complementary football. You know, I think all three phases need to work in phase together, and I don't think we're doing that yet. I think we can clean some things up. And once again, I just think we weren't smart enough in that first half. That was Friday night, fresh off of the 26-12 to win over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, Mike O'Shea joining the voice of the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor, uh, along with Doug Brown. Derek's not available tonight. He has some things to take care of, so uh, getting the chance to sit in with him with Coach Michael Shea. We'll head to the text line in a moment for your questions or comments, 204-780-6868, uh, if you want to weigh in. Mike, just to, to go back over uh, that conversation that you had uh, with Derek and Doug, and, uh, you know, the first half, uh, when you mentioned that you know we could probably play better complementary football, we probably could be a little smarter. Did the penalties factor into part of that equation uh, for the for that particular assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we got pinned probably for cl- close to ten minutes in the second quarter. We were sort of pinned deep, and uh, Legs did a great job. He he banged a fifty-plus yarder and a sixty-plus yarder. Uh, with his heels on the on the goal line, uh, and the cover teams did a, a great job in, in that respect. But we also took some penalties that put us back there. We, um, you know, we should have probably given up a single on on one of the punt returns, and we didn't. So, uh, just there was, it just seemed like we were uh, not working in phase in terms of the field position battle. You know, we weren't making any headway, and we ended up, yeah, I think it only cost us three points, to tell you right. the truth, that yeah. full 10 minutes, which is excellent. I mean, that has to be, um, you know, if you're going to take a positive out of that, it's it's <laughs> everybody everybody that was out there on the field, offense, defense, especially teams did a good job. We limited it to, to three points. We, you know, figured out a way to, to hold them and to uh, – take some time off the clock and then punt, punt our way out of those situations. But he just liked to not be in those situations for that length of time, that's for sure. But um, the positive size, like I said, three points only. Right. Now, so in those situations, Mike, is that something that gets talked about uh, whether it's yourself or whether it's the position Ad coach. Nauseam. No, I'm just going to ask you. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I, there were two plays in particular, and I know you don't name names, so I'm not going to bother. But, I mean, anybody that was at the game would figure it out pretty quick. Uh, just look through the play sheet. Uh, but I was going to – is that an instantaneous ad nauseum, or uh, is there a time and a place to have that conversation when it's appropriate? Yeah, I mean, it's... And I was speaking in terms of the penalties. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I try to have those conversations pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I, you know, my short-term memory is not very good, so <laughs> if I let it go, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Well, I, you get the reminder on the film pretty quick, though. Yeah, right? but I think the feedback to the player is pretty important right then and there. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any of it's... Um, too rough. I mean, they also understand, honestly, they know that if they take a penalty, there's going to be, um, that's, that it's not good for our team. Yeah. So I, I, in that regard, I think the player already knows, but you try to, instead of just, you're not just saying, Hey, you took a penalty or, or Hey, catch the ball or Hey, make a tackle, you know, like that's not coaching, right? I think you try to explain the situation and why it's important at that time to make the right decision. Um, 
I, I hope, you know, you hope you're coaching there, not just yeah. stating the obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the difference between coaches who are successful and coaches that maybe uh, aren't uh, being able to get their message heard with their players the way that they would like. Uh, this is the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Coaches Show with Michael Shea, brought to you by new Proline Gold Fungicide, outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It is grow time, and it's go time uh, on the text line, 204-780-6868. Uh, lots of uh, questions and comments already getting lined up, so let's get to them. Uh, and uh, I'll try to fill in what I want to ask in the interim. Uh, this one is from Dave, Coach. Uh, <laughs> will Nick Dembski be ready for Toronto? Ask at your peril. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is that, Dave, you said? This is Dave, Once yes. Once again, yeah. is, is Dave, is he sending a text from Toronto? We don't know this. We can't answer that question. I don't know. Nick, uh, we'll see. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't uh, step back on the field until I think Thursday. So he'll be in getting treatment and moving around and, you know, every day they sort of assess where he's at and every morning they check again how he made it through the night and if there's anything different, any changes. Um, but I know Nick's a tough guy. If he can if he can go, he'll go. Statistically, he was having his best game of the season. I think it was six catches on seven targets for something like 78 yards and barely over a half of football. Uh, and on the play that he got injured, Mike, I mean, it was as honorable as it can be trying to extend the play to get more yards. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, he sort of scooted across the field and there was a couple guys right there and he ended up catching the ball just past him and was turn, about to turn it up when he got yeah. tackled. But um, once again, it is football. It's a... Uh, it's a good rough and tumble sport. I don't think any player would have it any other way. Yeah, absolutely. These are two. Dave is a Winnipegger. I can tell you this right now because he's going for the three for one. So uh, this question isn't about injuries. He just, I was surprised uh, that uh, Dane Evans did not pick on Demario Houston more. Um, I think Dane Evans was more uh, into self preservation for a lot of the night than anything else. But uh, maybe part of that too is the way Demario Houston played. Yeah, Demario played uh, played well. Um, certainly, you know, you know, no games mistake free. Um, I also think that the defensive staff does a good job of of moving the pieces around and making sure guys get comfortable. So you're not just throwing them out there to the wolves and saying, "Hey, guard, you know, you've got to cover three quarters of the field," <laughs> you know, and these three guys at once. Yeah, you know, there's there's um, there's smart football being played too out there. So. Uh, and I do think the comment about Dane is interesting. Uh, you know, I said it post-game, Hamilton's offensive line has been yeah. uh, decimated, but, that you know, you can only play who they bring. So Yeah, and and, uh, and that's why I said the, the way I did is just, I mean, he was under duress yeah. for a lot of the night. And, and was it the day after, Mike, that uh, Hamilton made the trade with Edmonton to bolster their offensive line yeah, a little they, bit? Yeah, yeah they traded for... Uh, I think Colin Kelly from Edmonton, an offensive tackle, American offensive tackle. But I think, it, you know, the the pressure amounted to one sack on the stat sheet. But if you look beyond that, you saw, you know, some, some balls that were thrown out of bounds, um, some quick deliveries to avoid uh, the sacks. But, I mean, that's the game plan they yeah. had to employ. And once again, you can only, that's the opponent that day. Yeah. Dave, I'll give you credit for the question about Nathan Rourke when we get around to asking it, but uh, uh, we'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Daryl calls himself Pumper. 
Uh, it says, quick questions, uh, quick question rather, about releasing the roster before games. Uh, how was Edmonton able to list Charles Nelson as their starting safety? Is there a rule that prevents this? I could bus- possibly understand uh, if a different DB started, but not a running back or kick returner. Um, I, I don't know what the rules are. I don't. I don't handle that. That's like at the end of the day, does it really matter? Well, it does to TSN. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Charles Nelson also has played DB. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you know, just because we used him as a kick returner and an offensive-minded guy, he he he's played defense. Uh, at the college level, he played. He played some DB for Oregon, I guess. Uh, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, you wouldn't anticipate him to play that at the pro level, though, would you? Um, I mean, Jonesy's really good at m- moving good athletes around and mm-hmm. um, figuring out what they can do instead of being stuck on what they can't do or what their position is what their label is by somebody else, right? When yeah. he gets a hold of somebody, he's not concerned what anybody else labeled them. Their yeah. their peewee coach or their, you know, somebody, <laughs> yeah. somebody stuck him, you know, in Pop Warner and they labeled him this. Um, Jonesy doesn't ever care about that, right? He takes good athletes and he figures out what they can do. And it, it, that's quite admirable that he moves guys around and finds uh, spots for guys. How he puts them on the roster is, I don't know, doesn't yeah. You know, Zach Kolaris had a great year for the Steubenville Big Red as a de- defensive back. I think he had like six interceptions in his senior year, just in, just in case you're ever needing it. Most quarterbacks could probably play DB, and, yeah. and I've been around a lot of kickers that can do a lot of different things. Quarterbacks, DB, Prefontaine played quarterback in the XFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike Vanderjet always thought he basically could cover down anybody, and he had a, a, a towel to prove it with all their numbers crossed off as he – as he would uh, take them down. <laughs> okay, back to the... Uh, Peter, by the way, he was on the phone line, just wanted to know who the uh, Blue Bombers were going to play next. One week from tonight at BMO Field, it'll be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Toronto Argonauts. Derek Taylor and Doug Brown with a pregame show starting at 4.30 for Olympic Builders, 6.30. Uh, the kickoff, CJ uh, Coach O'Shea uh, wants to know... Um, was just wondering what it would take to get Johnny Augustine more touches. He's got a good yards per carry average. And at times this year, it seems teams have Brady Oliveira figured out. Well, we're, of course, uh, uh, we're all experts uh, where we sit and watch. But but, uh, Johnny Augustine has been impressive when he's had the chance to get the touches, though. Uh, CJ's right on that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Both... I think we've said this for um, the better part of half a year is both guys are, are very capable at helping us win football games. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd wait and ask that question, you know, towards the end of the season when you see it even out or whatever happens, you know, however yeah. it goes. But um, they know that they're both going to get work. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I don't know. For, and again, I do not profess to be anywhere near a football expert, but Brady Oliveira seems to be the guy that punches you in the solar plexus, and Johnny Augustine has that quick jab in terms of their running styles. Would that be at least somewhat accurate in how they uh, how they are effective for you? Yeah, I don't know if you measured them side by side what their speed would be. Honestly, I do think that um, you know 
they are they do have a different style, especially um, around the exchange point and then immediately after the exchange. So uh, Johnny might have a, an extra gear in the open field, but they are a different size too, right? So um, I, I like having two guys that have a, a, a different style out there on the they bring something different to the defense, that's for sure. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they would uh, provide a different challenge, uh, absolutely. Uh, David, not to be confused with Dave from earlier, and David is uh, kind of uh, in a roundabout way trying to find out what you think about Nathan Rourke as well. Uh, good evening, Mike. David says, uh, any plans for Canada Day? Yeah, we're working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't want to be rude and answer that. But uh, yeah. uh, so uh, here's how David uh, couches Canada Day. He, he's probably a journalist somewhere along the line. Being Canadian, you have to be impressed and happy with what Nathan Rourke is doing in BC uh, as a Canadian quarterback. And so we'll also give Dave from earlier in the program uh, uh, a little bit of credit for this question as well. Well, of course. I mean, I, I've certainly uh, in this forum, I've always said I'm a CFL fan besides, you know, being employed as a coach. It's I, I enjoy the games. I enjoy watching all the games and I have for a long time. So um, seeing him succeed and, and, and do so well right now in the season is it's fantastic. It's great for the CFL. It's great for Canadian football players. It's great for young guys, you know playing across this, uh, playing football across this country. So he's certainly someone that uh, a lot of young guys can look up to. As I watch well, the, both games that uh, the BC Lions have played now so far, uh, A, sure, I mean, you can't get around the fact that Nathan Rourke is a Canadian, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, that gets uh, uh, telegraphed quite uh, uh, clearly over the t- TV set. But my take on it, Mike, was, I mean, this guy looks like a great quarterback, whether he comes from Timbuktu. Yeah, yep. But I, you know, I don't think he's ever going to shirk the responsibility of being a Canadian. No, no. Um, you know, because there, there is a, uh, you know, there is a responsibility that comes with that, yeah. right? I mean, it's just it hasn't been seen in quite some time. So at that level, um, but yeah, no, he just looks like a a, a polished, good ath, good athletic. Yeah, and a le- quarterback and know? a leader too. Eh? Like, yeah, like you know, yeah. just on the sidelines. And yeah, I, I know you don't want to talk too much about other teams' players, but it, uh, let's face it: in the Canadian Football League, if a Canadian quarterback is doing well, uh, that is big news. Uh, Roddy wants to know uh, about this one, and myself as well, Coach, because uh, and I, I think many people that were watching the game late in the first half. Uh, Jake Thomas bull rushes the uh, Hamilton offensive lineman, appears to get held, uh, and, and watched the replay a couple times. Uh, maybe you broke it down on film and saw it a little bit later. But I was flabbergasted when he got called for roughing the passer. I, I, I PVR'd the game, so I watched it two or three times. I don't have the eye of a coach, so this is a perfect question for you. Uh, is there any... Is there any way that Jake Thomas could have avoided making contact with Dane Evans the way that he did? No, I don't think so. So the, the actual standard for that rule is avoid it at all costs. And over uh, you know a, a longer stretch of time, um, those penalties have been called on the defense, regardless of how they 
get to the lower legs of the quarterbacks, it's it's just those ones that, that get flagged regardless. So do I think, you know, once the C, once we talk uh, with the with the officiating crew in the CFL, do I think that they're going to say, yeah, that's one we would probably not want called? I do know that it's a slippery slope. As soon as they try to judge every um, penalty like that, you know, if there was contact that caused the defender to hit the quarterback late or low or high or whatever, then there's going to be more and more defensive players taking advantage of that yeah. and rolling and saying, well, I got pushed and I take an extra roll or I, you know, yeah. I was shoved from behind, so I really whacked the quarterback. So it's it's it, it can be dangerous. You have to live with a couple of these a year. And most guys do a great job of avoiding the quarterback. They understand the rule. I think there's a lot of, you know, if you see a quarterback get hit below the knees, generally speaking, the guy has a good understanding of what he's doing. And that's what they're trying to protect against. Do I think Jake had any opportunity to change his trajectory or, or roll out of it in any way, shape, or form? No, I don't. This is one of those ones that I think they just happen and it's uh, it's you don't like the call and... I don't know that you can challenge it and win because in that yeah. minute that they're going to look at it, I don't know what they're going to say, really. Um, but I don't think it's a penalty. You know, I really don't. Patrick has been waiting patiently to talk to Mike O'Shea here on the Coaches Show, brought to you by the new ProLine Gold Fungicide Outstanding Protection Under High Disease Pressure. It's grow time. Patrick, thanks for your patience. The coach is standing by to take your call. All good there, Mike. I, I, I'm just calling to say, you know, like, uh, you know, everything's good with the team, right? You know, like it's it's a it's a long season, and we're three and zero, and, and that's pretty much all all, all that counts right now. Uh, but my question is, uh, uh, the game on Monday. Why would there be a football game on a Monday night? Uh, is there any reasoning for that, or? Patrick, I think the deal is that uh, BMO Field gets used a lot, and um, with uh, TFC, their soccer team there, uh, or rugby, or whatever else is being played there, there's probably scheduling restrictions, and and sometimes, unfortunately, the Argos, you know, have to uh, yeah. settle, you know. But there's 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 scheduling restrictions in in every venue uh, around the league, and. Um, our schedule maker in the CFL does an unbelievable job of trying to piece it all together, and it's a nine-team league. I, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, I imagine know. I, I, it's it's pretty hard. I imagine you get in the thirty-team leagues; it's <laughs> a lot of juggling. Oh yeah, no doubt. Eh? Mm-hmm. Well, no, that, uh, that's that's all I was calling about. My wife and I were just talking about that here, trying to figure out why there would be a game on on, on Monday night. But uh, you pretty pretty much just covered it there, Mike. Hey, uh, Good luck for the rest of the season. We're, we're season's uh, ticket holders, and uh, we'll see you there. Hey, Patrick, thanks for all your support. Hey, Patrick, what uh, what what seats and what section and what row? Uh, we're in section 118. 
That's close enough. We'll 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 try and we'll try and wave at you the next game. I just wanted to wanted to find out what section you were uh, you were calling from. That, thanks. Oh yeah, you betcha, you betcha. Yeah. it's all good there, guys. Have a, have a very good one. All right, thanks, Patrick. You bet. Uh, yeah, Monday night football. I almost uh, want to do the da 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 da. But uh, anyway, uh, back to the uh, the text line two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. I'll try to do a better job too of. Uh, keeping a, an eye open on the phone lines as well if you want to phone and have a, an actual conversation. Um, no name for this texter, but uh, asked, didn't Kenny Plain play defensive back with the Blue Bombers as well as quarterback? Probably did. Uh, that's uh, that's a little bit before my time. Uh, do you remember ever hearing any uh, tales from the crypt well, on that, Mike? About- well, the, the roster sizes would say that a lot of guys played. Uh, yeah, both sides of the ball. Both sides. I mean, Garney Henley, my first, my first linebacker coach with the Ticats in '93, was an all-star both ways. You yeah. know, an all-star defensive back and an all-star slot back or receiver. So, um, yeah, these guys did a lot of things. Sudsy, uh, Don Southern, uh, yeah. you know, Hall of Famer. Same with Garney, but. Uh, Sudsy, you know, I think he led the league in interceptions and kicking points one season. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) these guys did it all. They, you know, and they were probably all drafted in Major League Baseball and the NBA too, right? (laughs) Like it's uh, sport has changed. It's you know we 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 shove our kids into one single sport (laughs) very early, and and all these guys, these greats that we grew up watching or hearing about. They played so many different sports all the time, right? Yeah, one of those performances where you feel almost comfortable in saying that it isn't going to happen again, but uh, you never say never. So, Mike O'Shea, if you had had been playing in the era of the Garney Henleys and the Don Southerns, besides linebacker, where would you have played on the offensive side of the ball? Oh, they wouldn't have let me play offense. (laughs) Maybe maybe fullback, I guess. Yeah. I played O-line in high school, but we were had a pretty small team. So, <laughs> Although the O-linemen back then were much smaller too, right? They yeah. weren't a bunch of 300-pounders. Exactly, were, yeah. You know. there, was, yeah. There was something to be said for the uh, agile, nimble, offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, coach, uh, this one is, it wouldn't be a Blue Bomber Coaches show without a text from Michael in San Antonio. Uh, congrats on the win. Both of Evan's interceptions resulted uh, when the receiver took a big hit from our defender, causing the ball to pop up for a teammate to catch, is getting a pick this way just a possible outcome of aggressive tackling, or is there some technique that makes it more likely to create an interception? I think it's aggressive tackling. I mean, there there are the guys that, um, you know, the way they shoot their hands in, in a tackle, uh, you know, would lend itself to popping the ball loose, but having them the ball actually, you know, uh, sort of float in the air for a guy to pick it off is, uh, I think that's, um, there's a bit of luck involved. But, I mean, good hard tackling that produces good results. We'll take that any day. Yeah, that hit that Adam Big Hill laid oh. on Dunbar. I mean, that was hellacious. There is no other way to describe it, is there? Uh, no, it was it was terrific. You know, and ter- that's the way that's the way football is supposed to be played. Yeah, yeah. Hard nosed. Oh. Man, I'll tell you, that was a rib knocker for sure. And then uh, on the other side of it, the other interception that Michael in San Antonio was talking about, and uh, I know I, I tweeted out uh, after the game. Willie Jefferson might be the most unique athlete 
uh, in the Canadian Football League. I know you follow the Jets a little bit. Whenever I see Willie Jefferson, Mike, I can't help but think of Dustin Bufflin and how unique he was in the National Hockey League when he played for the Jets. My man, Willie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, I said this, I think, post-game, too. You can you can watch him. Before he gets to us, you watch all the plays he makes and, and how uh, different an athlete he is, um, unique athlete. And then you get him in the building, and I said he's 100 times better. Yeah. He just There's so many more facets to him in our dressing room and in the meeting room and on the field at practice, uh, training camp. There's all these things that he, he, he brings to the table um, that just make him – such a, a a great teammate, a valuable, a valuable teammate. You yeah. know, he's just awesome that way. So, uh, but he is a very unique athlete, and the the Dustin Bufflin comparison is interesting, right? Like, uh, I mean, Eric Lindros too, when he first showed up, yeah. a, you know, a big power forward like that. How do you deal with him? A guy who skates uh, there's that just well no one else like size, him, right? Yeah. yeah. So we see that, uh, you know, often in special teams, you know, what's the matchup there? Like, how do you, how do you match a guy up like that? Right. So you, you take these unique athletes that bring a, a different combination of size and speed or power, or whatever their attributes are. And you're like, okay, who do we, how do we match that up? Or what do we do? How do we scheme that differently yeah. to make sure we can win on that play? So I, Willie's a, Willie's a handful. I'm sure yeah. he, he's a challenge when they, and they look at how do we scheme this up to be effective when we're when he's out on the field, right? right. And then the complement to that is Jackson Jeffcoat and the, and the rotation we have on the D line of guys that can just play. And I mean, it's it's pretty neat. I just I'm going to try to sneak in a quick question before the next uh, text uh, comment or question here. You know, and you talk about Jackson Jeffcoat. He maybe I mean we we appreciate him here. He doesn't get quite uh, perhaps the same profile that that Willie does. But there's another guy, Mike. Uh, you know uh, that si- uh, lines up rather alongside of Adam Bigill that probably doesn't get as much credit externally uh, as he should. I know within your confines, you guys would love him, but Kyrie Wilson yeah. <laughs> is just. He's another guy that just goes about his job and makes one big play after another. Yeah, we we were joking around because there's all of a sudden this. Everybody knows who Kyrie is now. We're joking around. <laughs> he's the movie star, and all they 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 know his name, and there all these interviews, <laughs> and he's just a a quiet, humble guy who who is an unbelievable athlete. He's so fast for his size, and he makes plays all over the field. And there's there's a certain part of his game that. Uh, I, I just won't go into too much detail, but there's a certain part of his game that I've I've never seen anybody as good at it yeah. as, as him. Yeah, he had that knockdown early in the in the game uh, against Hamilton, and uh, of course, how can we forget the play in the Grey Cup game that oh, yeah. uh, that sealed it? I mean, those, you know, those are individual things, but boy, if you you get a chance to watch him, I know Greg Mackling said on our pregame show the other night, uh, watch Kyrie Wilson, uh, you know, just well, watch just, him. Just go back to the Grey Cup. Um, I, I can't remember which one it was actually now, but he uh, he tracks down uh, Speedy B. You know, uh, Banks catches a pass, and Kyrie tracks him down from behind. How many linebackers can do yeah, that? No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, the list is uh, is pretty short. Okay, one quick question here before we uh, go to our uh, break and get into the final segment here. Uh, hey, Mike, uh, why was Hamilton not given a point uh, when the Bombers took a knee in the end zone after a missed field goal? Uh, and why did the Bombers get the ball on the five? There was a penalty on the play, but I'm confused about the one point. I know the the play he's talking about because I, I I'd actually tweeted out it was seven seven and then forgot that to get the field position, they gave up the point on yeah, that, Yeah, they, t- they, they decline the penalty, they take the point, and it costs them the yardage. We get the ball at the 40. If they accept the penalty, I think that's how it worked. I'm trying to, yeah, if they accept the penalty. Then you guys started your five, but yeah, they don't get the point. It's, yeah, half the distance to the goal line from the 10, I guess, yeah. is how it works out. So they end up scrimmaging from the five, and the field position is obviously... Generally speaking, at certain points in the most points most points in the game, uh, the field position is far more valuable than the single point. Let's say. Yeah, I was just going to say thirty-five yards or one point. Yeah, most coaches are going to take the yeah. thirty-five yards. Well, you any think day you pin them, you're right getting there. three, right? Yeah. At minimum, if you pin if you pin us and make us punt, you're going to get three. But once again, we legs you oh. know managed to punt us out of uh, peril there several times. Okay, we only have a few minutes left, so we'll try to get to uh, as many calls and texts as we can get to. Uh, when, go ahead, you are on the telephone line, a direct conversation with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Thank you. Back in the day, as when Dieter Rock was uh, filling the air with footballs, we used to have a tandem duel of running backs, Jay Washington, number 27, and Richard Crump, number 33, and one year, and I can't remember the year, you'd have to check your media guide, they each had a 1,000 yards on the ground. Is there any way we could run our two Canadian running backs that way? That's the plan. Yep. <laughs> We'd love that. <laughs> yeah. Opposition defenses aren't co- kind of buying into no, it yet. No, I think that <laughs> the, the effort to stop the run against us is... is um, right now, it's a little extreme. Like, we... Trying to plan the run game against uh, some of these fronts has been is challenging for sure. So uh, teams just they know that we like running the football. Uh, we know that that's uh, we at certain points in the game will always love running the football, and um, they are planning to stop us at a pretty high clip. You know, so uh, but yeah, if we could get both guys a thousand yards, I think we'd be pretty successful. All right, when. That sounds promising. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you for calling in. 204-780-6868. Gloria asks the coach, is Stickham illegal? Uh, How does Janarian Grant get away with those arm wraps, LOL? Yeah, they're not Stickham. They're just the same material that gloves are made of. So it's the same, basically the same deal as wearing a pair of gloves, which are perfectly legal. But yes, Stickham is illegal. I don't think I've seen Stickham... I don't even know if they make it anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think you'd have a hard time dropping oh, yeah. the football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I yeah. bet you Brad Foddy's still got a jar of stick somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he uses it for special occasions. Equipment manager Brad Foddy, by the way, for those who uh, might not be familiar with a guy who has been around absolutely forever. Years. Yeah, You know, back when uh, the early, early days when I was doing the most, uh, Brad was uh, an inter- intern uh, equipment manager for hockey. And, 
you know, I, I remember him when he was just a young guy, and here he is now, this grizzled old veteran. He's but, still a young guy. Yeah, young guy at heart. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, no uh, name attached to this texture, but uh, is it me? Uh, or is Kyrie underrated? I think we talked about Kyrie Wilson in the last segment, so uh, we'd certainly agree uh, with you there. He's not underrated in the locker room. No, no. Or with no. the coaches. Yeah. Everybody knows for a number of years he's been he's been top-notch. So I, I think him flying under the radar with everybody else is perfectly okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> fly under the radar and take him down. Uh, Jim says he's going to fly to Vancouver on July the 9th for his son's wedding. Checked the bomber schedule. Delighted to see the blue and gold are playing the Lions at BC Place that afternoon. Yeah, that's going to be an afternoon start out on the West Coast. It'll be a 4 o'clock pregame, 6 o'clock kickoff here in Winnipeg. That's a week from Saturday on July the 9th. So Jim says I'm going to go straight to the game from the airport. The wedding isn't on the Saturday, by the way. So, Coach, he's not ditching his son's wedding for the game. I wouldn't have faulted him if he did. Oh. Uh, So one day you will be on the ring of honor at IG Field, Coach. That's from Jim. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't so much a question as it was a comment. Yeah. Yeah, high praise. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Jefferson and Jeffcoat rule. That one from Lawrence. I agree. uh, yeah, absolutely. And no uh, D-line. Uh, good to see Hanson back. He'll help big time on special teams and the D-line. Yeah, Tiadric is, uh, I can't believe how chiseled that guy was yeah. on the first day of uh, uh, of practice uh, coming uh, back from, uh, from Europe. Holy smokes, he must be a gym rat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, uh, it's... I asked him when we were interviewing him uh, at that first global draft what, what his favorite German beer was, and he says, I don't drink beer. And it's obvious he doesn't, because yeah. if he did, he'd look like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he'd love to have a career like you did, yeah. uh, CFL Hall of Famer Mike O'Shea. Hey, just before we uh, we wrap things up here, um, we met, you mentioned legs, and of course, I think you're talking about Mark Leggio there. Yep. I know on the Daily Coaches Show, we uh, we addressed it very briefly. Uh, what a great game he had uh, with a 50-plus, a 60-plus, and a 70-plus punt uh, to get you points or to uh, uh, help flip the field and get you out of uh, hot sauce. But the, the early in the first quarter, I know there was one punt that he had that he wasn't really pleased with. Yui and he had a chat about it. And Christian O'Mell was explaining on the air, he thought maybe you were talking to him about uh, the angle uh, on on uh, the point of contact with his foot on on the football, and it just seemed like he took off from there. I don't know if you want to share what was chatted about, but it just seemed to have a profound effect on his performance for the rest of the night. Yeah, we were just talking. About, yeah, it, he it was a tough kick that we asked him to do, and I just asked him to think about it a different way. Uh, I probably didn't sound as nice as I do right now, but uh, <laughs> there are there are you know points in the game where we just don't we can't have the single. You know, we just want it down there and let your cover team go and work and let your defense come out in the field, right? Because now with the ball being placed at the 40, even at the 35, it's, you know, I think um, you, you just, you, you want the field position, not the point. So, yeah. but at, at the, you know, that kick that we were asking him to make was is not an easy kick for a right-footed punter at that point on that hash. So I just was trying to have him think about doing it a different way. I can't think of a better compliment for a kicker than when a team 
three quarters of the way through the game has to start to bring it out an extra returner because you're doing such a good job of, of dictating the football. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, legs was, was, was spot on in terms of that kind of kicking performance. Like I said, I think he'd like a couple of them back where right? yeah. he doesn't want, he doesn't want single points either. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, uh, he's a young guy still too. So, I mean, there's just, um, there's more information to gather and, and more kicks to try and uh, a, a quiver to expand. Michael Shea, thanks a bunch for doing this. Uh, good luck next uh, Monday night in Toronto for Monday Night Football. Derek Taylor will be back for the Coaches Show next week. It'll be a Tuesday night edition here for Proline Gold on 680 CJOB.